Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a wife, mom, and trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of trying all the mainstream modalities of healing to save my marriage, I found myself two kids later separated and on the verge of divorce. That's when I stumbled upon the unconventional game changer of somatic work that not only resurrected my dying marriage, but bled into breakthroughs in my parenting, purpose, spirituality, health, wealth, business, and more in just six months. My intention with this podcast is simple. Through every weekly episode, my goal for you is that one, you realize how insanely collective our struggles are, that you're not even close to alone. Two, that you can laugh a little because God knows we need it. And three, that you walk away with actionable advice on how to design your unique blueprint for your breakthrough life. So get your earbuds in, grab your coffee so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, friends. You're in for a treat. I've got my friend Stacy Geisel on the podcast today. She's someone that I love. We actually had um, a business mentor that we share, like Cupid. She was like, You and Stacy are meant to be business besties, and you guys need to connect. And as soon as we met each other, it was like fireworks. It's like, I vibe with this human. So, Stacy, welcome on. How are you today? Oh, I am so good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, it was like love at first sight. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So for those who don't know you yet, can you tell my listeners just a little bit about you and what you do? Yes. So this is always my least favorite part, like putting myself into some sort of box. Let's see what I can do. My (laughs) name is Stacey Geisel and I am a human design master and spiritual mentor. And really I have taken years of through my own journey and really just really realizing that most people are living out of alignment with who they were born to be. We all have this divine blueprint that we have, we're so far disconnected from. And through my own studies of, I have a background in nursing. I am, have studied like Tantra, the chakra system, Ayurveda, shamanism, all the different things. It's like pulling all of these different pieces and parts together and helping people really under have a deep understanding of who they are so that they can transform their life and their relationships and just everything that might feel out of whack for them at the moment. So that's a little bit about what I do at least. I love it. And I love that you hated that part. You're like, I do not want to be boxed in. Um, It's really hard. It is. And for those who have heard of human design, what exactly is that? Or they're just like, what language are you speaking? Can you just really simply explain what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So for anybody who hasn't heard of human design, or even if you have, really, it's just, it's this blueprint that you were born with. And so it has a lot of different facets to it. It pulls in astrology, it pulls in the chakra system, it pulls in I Ching, it pulls in like gene codes, all these different beautiful ancient things and pulls them together and shows you like a blueprint of of who you are. And there's pieces of you that you are radiating out to the world and you may not even realize it, but it's like your superpowers that you have. And you are either, this is what I love about human design is it's so dynamic. It actually flows with you. As I said in the beginning, I hate being put into a box. And so any type of personality test or anything that kind of puts us into a place where we can say, oh, this is just how we are. Like, I hate that statement, not a fan. 
And so what I love about human design is it's very fluid. It actually grows with us because yes, there are pieces of us that are superpowers. It's who we are and we're radiating that out into the world. But with that, there's very high vibration aspects and there's very low vibration aspects of those. And then there's all these other empty space in our chart, which is where we are truly limitless. We can fill it with whatever we want to fill it with. Most of us have filled it with a bunch of bullshit stories because that is what our ego would rather do that than leave it empty. And so we get to keep taking those pieces of our chart and refining them over and over. And it's okay, that story is no longer serving me. So we've got to pull that out and put it, put something different. And it's this way to just continue to expand and expand into your fullest potential. So that wasn't as short as I was hoping it was going to be, but it's just because you're so passionate about it. I love it. When I first was introduced to human design, it was on the phone with Kelly Brock. I don't know if you know her, but I was looking into her uh, mastermind and she's like, do you know your human design? And I was like, what is that? And she's like, oh my God, you need to go right now. She sent me the link to go. You just put in your birthday, the time and the place you were born. And it was like, ah, you're a manifesting generator. And I was like, Okay, manifesting generator. She goes, oh, this is a big deal. You're going to be like Oprah, like in your 50s, you're going to be in your wisdom. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like I was so skeptical <laughs> about it at first. But then when I started to read what my blueprint was, the manifesting generator, which you are too, I was like, this is scary how spot on this describes me. I've never felt more seen. And, and, and I've been into all the personality tests, the discs, the Enneagram, the color one, the Myers-Briggs. But this one was like, what the heck? And I also had a resistance toward it because anything with like astrology, growing up in my household, my dad was uber Christian. And so that was like, that's dangerous play. That's devil's work. Don't read your horoscope. And so I had a predisposition to be like danger. Don't go there. But over the years, I've been able to see there's a lot of tools that can actually, in my own spiritual walk, really help me grow closer to my God. Whatever you believe in your spiritual practice is for you. But for me, I've seen a lot of good in things that at first I thought was just dangerous or bad. And so I know some of my listeners can relate to that kind of resistance or upbringing. I don't know if you had a similar background at all, but... It's really fun. I love this topic because it's something I'm actually really, really passionate about. So I actually grew up without a religion at all. And it was a very, now I understand it so clearly as to why that was and why that was the path and why I chose the parents I did. But in growing up, I actually felt really broken. I felt really because everybody had one, but I didn't. (laughs) And so I tried my darndest to find something. Like I was like, I loved going to church because I can pull a message out of anything. I loved like that, but there was always something that felt like it was really missing for me. And it just, it didn't feel quite right. And so for me, I think part of my path and the gift that I've been given is that I see the beauty in all religion. I see the beauty in all spirituality. I see the thread that ties them all together, which is unconditional love and not the things that humankind has decided that like humans have created systems based in fear. God did not. And I think that we're just in a place where that resistance that we feel towards 
other people, towards other belief systems. We have to really be willing to ask ourselves why. And like you said, a lot of it is because it's what we were told. It's not necessarily what we have experienced ourselves. It is what we have been um, told. And that's why I, I really love this work. I love because I don't care what God we, you believe in, whether you call it God, whether you don't like none of that matters to me. What matters to me is that we all find that love within ourselves. And then we pull that into our relationships. And that's another reason why I'm so passionate about human design, about the work that I do, because we deserve to be seen through the eyes of love. And if we think everybody should be just like us and those who are not like us are dangerous, are bad, then we're never going to be able to heal as a collective. Yeah, that's a little bit on my take on some of that. So interesting. And one thing that I noticed you just said as you were sharing your story is that now I know why I chose the parents I did. What do you mean by that? Because I know some listeners are like, she chose her parents. What is she talking mm -hmm. about? Unpack that. Yeah, I could unpack that a little bit. So this is, and everybody has different beliefs, but I do believe that we are a soul that comes back over and we're here to learn. Like we're just here to continue to learn. I wrote something this morning and I think people, a lot of times they base their spirituality on what they're doing and forgetting the fact that we we don't have to be spiritual because we are spirits within a human body we are not humans trying to be spiritual so what we really come to work on this planet is how to be a better human because we are already like so connected and part of that i believe that we do pick our life path we decide what we want to experience and we there's another theory that Souls kind of travel in packs and that's your family. And a lot of times it's close family, friends. You've had those feelings where you, it's like you and I, right? I feel a deep connection to this person and I don't exactly know why. And so could there have been a time that we have been connected and our souls are already connected? And even if you don't believe that maybe you have past lives or anything like that, we are all connected at a soul level what happens when you quote unquote get to heaven, right? We have these connections to one another. I believe that really do, we pick the experience that we're gonna have. We pick the parents that we're going to have to work on things, to be able to take us, lead us down a path that we we don't really understand is important to our, our divine purpose at that time. And I always talk to parents and I actually don't have, I don't have children and but I talk to my parents a lot about the fact that parents beat themselves up a lot. They beat themselves up a lot for screwing up their kids, for they're just trying to do their best. They're trying to do all of that. And for me, I believe that our souls come and we're meant to learn certain things. And therefore, it wouldn't matter if you were the one teaching them or somebody else is going to teach them or it, like whatever the experience is, you're going to come and you're going to learn it. And don't beat yourself up as a parent, but also trusting that your child is on their path and trusting that the things that are happening in their life, as hard as they might be to watch, they are like, it's your job to stand in love for them. For example, I speak about a lot of con like 
controversial topics. I speak on things that people, I'm bringing a, an awareness to the world that not a lot of people talk about. And as a child, if my parents sat there and said, you can't do that, that's dangerous. You, people are not gonna like you. They're going to judge you. Think about what you're doing to our family. Think if they sat there and they projected their fear onto me, quite frankly, I wouldn't be able to do the work that I'm doing because they mean everything to me. And I'm just so grateful to have parents that I'm like, I go to them and say, I'm afraid. I'm scared to say this because I know that people aren't going to like it. Mm. And they're like, who cares, Stacey? This is what you're here to do. And that is, it's just such a blessing. So I don't know why that's what came through in that, but there, here we are. So I believe that I picked them. (laughs) So are they (laughs) in the same, are they into human design? Do they have the same spiritual beliefs as you? You know what? Yes and no. They are, my mom grew up going to church and different things. They just never, they never really wanted to make us do that or anything along those lines. And that's why I'm so grateful because I have literally gone and I have been on mission trips with, with Baptist missions to Guatemala. I have been, I have a tattoo down my side from a Tibetan monk. I have spent time with indigenous culture. I have spent time in all of these different, with all of these different religions and spiritual philosophies and all these things. I have read and studied the Bible and the Gnostic Gospels. I have I've done these things and I've experienced all these different things. And I am just so grateful that I had the opportunity to really create something that is really unique and sacred to me in the way that I connect to God. And yeah, so no, I think that we all, they love what I do. They think I'm fascinating, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they think I'm like the coolest person on the planet because like they just, and not just because they're my parents, like they are genuinely just like, I don't know where you came from. And like, I actually had a conversation with them the other day and I was like, I came from you guys. Like you guys just, they don't see their own magic the way that I see their magic. But my mom is like, the way that she connects with animals, like she can walk up. I don't know how many people are familiar with swans, but swans are like known to be mean. And my mom like walks up and hand feeds swans. Like she like has this swan that comes to her house every day and she hand feeds it. And her connection to animals is like something I've never seen. And I have that in me. My dad is full of the utmost wisdom, any book I give him to read, he is the most like open-minded person on the planet. And he reads it and he takes things from it. And sometimes he reads it multiple times because he's, I think I'm going to read this book for the rest of my life. And I just look at them in so much awe, kind of the same way they look at me because they're on their own journey and they're still learning and we learn from one another. And I think that we just bring out the best in one another. And it's a really fun relationship to have. That is honestly fascinating and mind blowing to me. It's just so opposite of the way that I grew up. My dad was so diehard Christian, amazing man, total daddy's girl, right? 
but there was a lot of a lot of strict rules and a lot of feelings of unless I follow exactly in his footsteps, I'm not going to be accepted. And then my mom, I never remember her talking about anything spiritual, but she would roll her eyes at my dad and it ended up becoming the biggest contention between them. That was like the biggest mm-hmm. divide in their marriage because my dad was so consumed at church all the time to the neglect of her, yada, yada. And, and then I've had such an interesting life too. Like I was full-time on staff for a Christian church campus ministry for years and feel like I've gone through this deconstruction of everything that I was handed and had to really decide like what I'm going to keep and what is not serving me anymore in my relationship with God. And Anyway, I just love these conversations because I can't imagine growing up in a house like how you just described. It's so different. Let me be clear. (laughs) Okay. Let me be clear. I, it wasn't always like that, right? I was still a teenager. I was still a kid. There was a time and you and I have talked, speaking of human design, if you have a six in your human design profile, something that I noticed with sixes is we often feel lonely. We often feel like nobody quite understands who we are because we are designed to be different. We're designed to be role models, which means that we're not designed to follow a specific path. And growing up, I remember so many times I have poems written about it. I have different things where I was like, my parents don't love me. Like they are like, they can't see me for who I am. Like they, and it's really interesting to look back on that. And just, so I just want to be clear that I didn't necessarily grow up in this like super open, like these open relationships, actually growing up, we didn't talk about anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it was like, we lived in a, it was like, we, we avoided confrontation. Like it was the plague as a family. And so there was a lot of There's been a lot of healing. And honestly, the reason that I have the relationship I do now with my parents is because we have cultivated it Mm. because we have pulled down the walls and I have let them in and I have shown them who I am. And I was not afraid to go to them and say, here's all of me. This is what I believe. This is that. And like it. So it's been a journey and the only reason it's that way is because it was cultivated. It's not because it just has always been. And it's probably one of the things that maybe not until this moment have I realized that I am really proud of. Wow. So would you say you took the lead in really letting them see you? And was that kind of the catalyst to you guys becoming an open family? Yeah, I would. I believe that somebody has to be willing to go first. And if somebody isn't willing to go first, then you can't expect anything to ever change. And I think when we talk about conversations, everybody wants to like hard conversations are only hard conversations because we don't have them enough. If we had them enough, they would just be conversations. And that was some place that I got to step up and say, I know the type of relationship that I want to have with my parents, with my sister, with my husband. And it was being relentless in it and being willing to open myself up and say, I know that this isn't going to feel good the first few times, but I have never had a conversation from the heart that has ever turned out to be anything but beautiful at the end, even Mm -hmm. if it's hard through it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful that they were receptive because I I think even talking to certain people this week, like conversations that I had with two very close friends of mine, um, 
one guy friend who tried to be vulnerable and put himself out there, but it wasn't received with acceptance. And then a friend who kind of same thing with speaking to her dad was like upset that she went away on this trip with her boyfriend and didn't tell him. And that's like a no with where she's at right now. And so he was very disappointed. She tried to be vulnerable and just share how I'm afraid of disappointing you and I'm afraid I broke your heart and I'm afraid I see you differently. And instead of inviting her in and validating that and reinforcing connection and repairing he was like go away I don't want to talk about it right now and sent her away and so it's tricky it's really tricky when it comes to family relationships and there's a part of me that's don't stop though keep being you keep being vulnerable keep being honest because that's the only chance for it to catch but sometimes there's just I've noticed such a disconnect in especially in the generations it seems like our generation is just more willing to talk about this stuff and really explore health and healing and repair and from our parents generation sometimes there's a big fear when it comes to that and more an energy of this is how things need to be and should be and we're going to stick to the rules but I see it leading to so much disconnection Mm, I couldn't agree more and I think that a couple of things like The reason that there's so many rules and we have felt the need to create so many rules as a culture, as a collective is because rules make us feel safe. Mm -hmm. They make us feel safe, but it's an illusion that like, and it's just, it, it feels easier to keep people in these little boxes. And I think one of the more difficult things about family is that they often see you for who you were. It's often, it's hard for them to see you for who you are today. And I know when I had been working on understanding myself more and coming back to who I truly am, a question that I had to ask myself when I went into a family event was, who would you show up as if you had no past with these Mm. people? And I think it's really interesting because oftentimes we, (laughs) I see people go into doing personal development or like working on themselves and they're telling everybody around them that they should be doing that too. I think that's a, it's a really funny thing that we do. We're like, yeah, you need to do this. You need to do this. But our ties are strong and they're with like, especially our family members that the second that you get around them, you revert you go back to not who you are today, but who you have always been. And then they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, why on earth would I ever do the work that you're doing? You are no different than you have ever been. And again, you have to walk your talk. You don't get to just, and that might mean that you keep showing up and that you get hurt a few more times, but ultimately that's your decision to take it personal and understanding that they have almost probably double the amount of conditioning within them that they have to break through. And so can you look at that through the eyes of compassion and Mm -hmm. say, I know that you might not feel this yet, and I'm not going to stop talking because Mm -hmm. this is what's best for everybody involved. And when you start to live from your heart we stop thinking about what's best for me and we think about what's best for all. And a lot of times we don't say who we don't say what we want to say. We don't show up as who we are 
because we're actually trying to protect ourselves from the other person's perception. And that doesn't do anybody any good. Like we, we have to speak up and we don't know when the seed is going to, we're planting the seed and we don't know when it's going to grow. We don't know when they may turn around and say, man, I wish that I would have done that different, or maybe it is time for me to do this work. And maybe it doesn't happen in this lifetime, but give yourself the chance, give other people the chance. I think one of the biggest mistakes we can make is assuming that we know what's best for somebody else. And a lot of, I hear people say it all the time. I'm not going to tell them that I'm not going to talk to them about that because I know they're not going to change. Mm. Thinking that what's best for somebody else is like the ultimate disrespect. It is a, if you don't say something, and this is something I used to have to do with my dad. So maybe this will help somebody because they always used to say, dad's just who he is. That's just who dad is that. And I was like, no, that's who dad's choosing to be. But the truth is nobody has the courage to say something to him and give him a chance to change. Our blind spots are blind spots because we can't see them. So if nobody comes Mm. up to you and is willing to have the courage to say, I am hurt when you do this, it is like, this is how it makes me feel this. Then you are making the decision for them that they don't want to change. And that's just not fair. That's really powerful. And actually the two instances that I just brought up to you, like that hits home, that resonates a lot. And yeah, this is interesting. And speaking on that topic of just letting yourself be seen, even if it's terrifying, I saw your Instagram post this morning and I just pulled up the caption, but the first line of it, you say, it's impossible for someone to love you for everything you are when you're hiding the pieces and parts you're afraid they won't accept. What motivated you to make this post in the first place? There is such a, so much more to that caption, but Mm. what was prompting that? I have chills actually right now. (sighs) Oh, there's a long journey here. Where to start? What motivated this is something that I have learned is that we oftentimes don't We're so afraid to show people who we truly are. And then we have this weird thing that happens where we are, then we don't understand why we're, why people don't accept us. And the truth is, it's because you don't accept you. You haven't accepted who you truly are. So how is anybody else going to, we become obsessed with the other person where you can become obsessed with what they're going to think about us if they're happy, if they're not happy, what their perception of us is, we have become obsessed with their judgments. And then we lose ourselves because we've forgotten that our responsibility is not the other. But how will we ever overcome that if we're just, we have these relationships based on lies. They're based on, I'm going to be who I think you want me to be. And you're going to be who I think who you think I want you to be. And then your relationship is built on this giant lie, which we wonder why there's so much tension within our relationships. And I think part of this is interesting timing for this, but I, I've had a friend who was a dear friend of mine and 
when I started to really come back to who I am, remember who I am, and I started to show that outwardly, it made them uncomfortable. And they told me that. And this was almost two years ago now. And it was really, I was so proud of who I was becoming. I was so, before this moment, I was so proud of my spirituality. I was proud of these things that I was discovering about myself. I was, I felt good about myself for the first time in a very long time. And finding out that they didn't like this version of me and that I, they actually preferred the version of me that I was before the shell of myself, essentially, I shut down. I didn't even realize it until probably a year and a half later, maybe six months ago, that me showing everything I was to somebody and them saying, I don't like it. Please don't. Like that shattered me in ways that I didn't even realize. It's I had to go into this cocoon. <laughs> That's what I call it. I like went into this really, I turned inward even more so than I already had. And I had to, I stopped talking. I stopped talking. I stopped sharing my story. I stopped doing all of these things because it was like, it became real to me in that moment that be showing people everything that I am, the reality is there's going to be people who don't like it. And I think that I can't imagine doing that to someone. And so the fact that it happened to me, um, it hurt, it hurt worse than I even realized. And I, there's, I've studied the Mary Magdalene gospel and one of the seven powers of the ego is ignorance. And sometimes ignorance is such a beautiful thing because I have been in my life ignorant to the fact that people actually don't like people for their belief systems. People actually don't like people for thinking certain things or sharing certain things or whatever. And it's, it's so obvious, like people might be listening and they're like, duh, Stacey. But to me, that's not who I am. And so it was like, but it's almost like I was gifted. The, I was like, had this gift of, of ignorance so that I could grow strong enough to be able to handle that type of situation. And I wasn't strong enough yet. And so I really had to, like I said, I think this last year and a half for me has been another opportunity to go deeper into myself and into my own truth to be able to step back out into the world and share what I need to share and be who I get to be and be all of myself, knowing that I don't get to choose who comes with me and mm -hmm. I don't get to choose who likes it and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. But what I do have to choose is myself. That's so powerful, Stacy. This is a bit random, but it just came to mind as you were talking. You had a picture where you were like, in a pool in a gown and you were on the side of the pool and your forehead was on your hands your hands were like your hands were in prayer position i'm just curious was there 
meaning behind that picture? What was going through your head in that moment when you were getting photographed like that? Gosh, what a great question. I don't really know. Probably what was going through my head was, man, I hope this turns out okay. I hope my back looks uh, cute. <laughs> right. I really hope this one works out. <laughs> uh, and it did. No, I, I'm visualizing that picture right now. And that picture means a lot to me because honestly, when I looked at that picture, the thing that came through is there's a story about Thecla, and I don't know if you're familiar with Thecla in, in the Bible. And she is, if you go and read it, there's a book called Mary Magdalene Revealed. And she talks about the story of Thecla. And there's so many women who are not in the canonical gospels that we have today, like in that Bible, we they aren't represented. And Thecla was a, she dedicated her life to God and to Jesus. And she baptized herself. And this whole story is about the many of times that she baptized herself. And so when I look at that picture, you see my tattoo, which was, again, it is in Sanskrit and it was a very sacred ceremony with a Tibetan monk. My hands are in prayer. And I think that it's just this representation of, of who I am and the fact that you don't need someone else to baptize you. You don't need to be to be cleansed in the name of anyone. Like that you can can baptize yourself and you can whenever you need. Every time you get in the shower, that's essentially what you're doing. And when we look at a lot of the different gospels and different things, it's they talk about baptism as if it's like this one it's in a lifetime thing that we cleanse ourselves of our sin and we do all of that and I don't believe in sin, but I believe that every single day we get this opportunity to be born again. And I've started to realize and understand that I don't think that our goal in life is to just be born and then live and then die. I think it's really how many times can we die and be reborn in one lifetime? And I think a lot of times that's what the resurrection means to me. How many times can we resurrect ourselves and can we change and can we evolve in one lifetime? And what's required to do that is letting go of these egoic things that we've created, these rules, these structures, these things that are keeping us separate, not only from ourselves, but from the people around us. Wow. Man, I don't know why that image popped in my mind of you in that picture. And I had no idea that much would be packed behind it. But Stacy, you're Me a either. deep person. You're a deep person. <laughs> and your back muscles looked great too, by the way, in that picture. <laughs> I'm so glad it worked out. <laughs> okay, a couple more questions because I could talk to you for hours. But as we land this plane with this whole topic of being true to who you are, Okay, one thought that comes up is, but what if you have this thought to go punch someone in the face and you're just like, I'm just angry and I'm just being authentic. I just want to punch this person in the face. Like, where is there a line of being true to who you are? Yes. So I think that the line is, <laughs> there. there is a line and that's not who you are is what I'm going to say right off the bat. Like that, that, that's a feeling, that's an emotion that you're having. And that's okay. That's a hundred percent. Okay. And it's not who you are is always going to be the highest, most pure, most loving 
happiest, most joyful essence. And that doesn't mean that we like part of our human experience is to experience all these different emotions. We lost our beloved puppy. Oh, I don't even cry a week ago today. And Mm. the emotion clearly is still there. And I'm okay to show that. And I'm okay to, to live that. And in that I have felt everything from anger to sadness, to deep grief. Um, but there's a saying in this book that I cherish called conversations with God. And he talks about how love is not the absence of emotion. It is, it's like white light is the culmination of all color. Love is the culmination of all emotion. And so who you are is love. At the end of the day, it is love. And so you have to stop and ask yourself, does me going and punching this person in the face, (laughs) is that from a place of love? And the answer is clearly, that one's pretty easy. That one's going to be a no. However, is there a boundary that needs to be set up? Because why do I feel the need to go punch that person in the face? Did I allow them to walk on me? Did I allow them to penetrate a boundary that I should have had up in the first place? And then how do I respond in love? So wanting to go punch somebody in the face is 100% a reaction move. And so you can take it down a notch and figure out how you're going to respond from a place of love. And just because I say a place of love that doesn't, I always say the truth is not always kind. and one of the most profound things that we can do when we love somebody else is to not allow them to continue on a path that is hurtful, that is destructive to ourselves or to anybody else. So coming back to you, what is the thing that I can do in this moment that is really is sparked from a place of love, not fear. Mm. And we often think the opposite of love is hate and it's not, it's fear. And I guess that's where I would go with that. I love that. And I had a feeling you might say that. And I was hoping we could go there. I think it's true. That's not who you are in that moment. It is out of fear. It's so powerful and so relatable. Okay. Last question today. How do we know who's safe to share ourselves with? You're talking about being vulnerable, being true to who you are, letting yourself be seen, how it can be the pathway to connection that we're all seeking. But... Are there any red flags or kind of guidance for those who are like, but who do we show that person to and who do we not? Mm, I love this question. I don't think there is, there's no one that you don't show yourself to. So I ran a program one time and I actually ran it a few times. And one of the questions I used to ask is if you walked into a party and you had to introduce yourself, but you couldn't talk about, you just had to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Stacy, and I'm blah, 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 blah what would you say? And the answer I always got so many times, they would say, Stacy, who's there? And I said, why does that matter? I think it is our responsibility to be who we are in every situation with every single person that we meet. And if that person doesn't like you, that's okay. They're just not meant for you. And there's a, a book I've mentioned a lot of books, like realizing how many books I guess I've read, but it, I have only read like the first like 
10 pages of this book, to be fair. But one thing it said is it said that we have to ask ourselves two questions as we move through life. And the first question being, where am I going? And the second question is who's coming with me? And the thing about these two questions is you can never mix them up. And oftentimes we say, who wants to come? Okay, now where are we going to go? And that's a dangerous path to follow because then you don't end up following your own path. And the people that are meant to be with you aren't going to be with you because you're trying to drag them along to someplace that they don't want to go. And so understand where you're going. Understand the depth of who you are. And if somebody can't see you for your heart, then you don't need them around anyways. And I know that can feel really hard, but the truth is that there's somebody else waiting to step into your life that wants to come, that wants to come with you. But how will you ever decipher who genuinely wants to come and who doesn't if you only show your whole self to certain people. Again, you're stripping away their choice. And honestly, in my journey, the people who I thought for sure would stay have left. And the people that I never saw coming have offered me support that I cannot even fathom. And oftentimes I'll get a random text message from somebody that I could not, like, would not have expected that is like, Stacy, please keep going. I, I support you and I love you for everything that you are and who, you, what you're sharing. But if I don't give everybody a chance to do that, then who am I ever, how will I know who's for me and who's not for me? Man. This is so good. This is such a tease, Stacy, that we have to wrap up. For those who are like too much of a teaser, I want more of her. Where can people find you and connect with you? Yes. So for those who are still along for the ride, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I welcome you to me. I don't know. I don't know service level. You've probably learned that real quick. I love deep. And so you can find me on Instagram. I am, I'm the one who does everything on there. I'm the one responding on all the things. If you have questions, if you have comments, if whatever it looks like, and you can find that at Stacy S-T-A-C-Y underscore Geisel, G-I-S-S-A-L. You can head to the website and fill out an inquiry if you just want to know more about what it looks like to understand who you are and work through and find that love for yourself again. You can go to evolvebeyondlimits.com. You can also get a free human design chart there and all the good stuff. So those are probably the two best places to find me. And guys, please connect with her if you're leaning in. I told Stacy last month, I think it was, there's, I'm in this coaching world, right? Where there's so many coaches doing masterclasses all the time. And I like, I'm never tuning into them, but yours I have. I actually are one of the few people that I'm like, I need to get in her world and learn from her. And I've just loved our connection. I know it's just the beginning. I can't wait to be along for the ride of your life in the future. And I also love how all over the place this conversation was today. It's like very us manifesting generators for those of you who don't know. Can you just end by sharing how we're not scatterbrained? We're (laughs) genius. 
<laughs> right. We're not scatterbrained. We do have an issue focusing, but it's, we're designed to follow our hearts. We're designed to, it's really funny. Actually, I realized something I was trying to like plan out my Instagram content for a while. And one of the things in my own human design, being a manifesting generator, as well as some other things is I'm here to invoke emotion in people. So if you're listening, I probably have either touched your heart in some way, or I have triggered the shit out of you like one or the other, but no matter what, I have emotionally charged you enough to understand that there is work to be done on whatever it was. <laughs> and with my content, I realized that I would have this feeling like the one I posted this morning and by the time it was going to be posted, the emotion behind it was gone. And therefore I didn't connect to it any longer. And for manifesting generators, if you are one like Becky and I, it's so important to just follow your joy, to follow your heart and see what comes out of it. And sometimes it might seem quote unquote messy. And that is the beauty of it because we're able to, we're able to hold a lot and navigate between the things and trust that exactly what was meant to come through in this conversation came through. Yeah, I really think it did. I loved this conversation, Stacy. I think so many have gotten so much out of it and we'll have to continue again real soon. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, oh, I'm honored you found today's episode worth your listen and time to hang out with me today. You know, for some of us, this podcast is just the thing you need to support you towards your breakthrough. But for others, we know we need a deeper level of support and guidance. So if you're a highly ambitious woman who's ready to repair deep, unshakable connection in your marriage, I'd love to tell you about my client coaching program called Root to Rise. This is the life-changing transformational container that will teach you exactly how to launch your marriage to the next level by moving trauma out of your body and stepping back into your power. Even if you've already tried everything, even if you're caught on the fence of should I stay or should I go, and even if your husband's not on board today. So look for my link in the show notes to book a call with me and we'll just talk about what's working, what's not, where you want to go. And very easily, I'll be able to tell you if and how I can help you. And if not me, I can still point you in the direction of some resources that can. So either way, tons of clarity. We'll have some fun getting to know each other while we're at it. And that's it for today. Huge hugs, my friend. I'll chat with you next Friday.